You're listening to the Doc Lounge Podcast. This is a place for candid conversations with healthcare industry's top physicians, executives, and thought leaders. This podcast is made possible by Pacific Companies, your trusted advisor in physician recruitment. I am your host, Summer Gilbert, and I am the Director of Marketing and Branding here at Pacific Companies. And today my co-host is our Senior Manager of Business Development here at Pacific Companies, Mr. Blake Christensen. Today on the podcast, we are doing an Ask the Expert series, and our expert today is Brad Guthrie. Brad is the HR manager for Lapine Community Health Center, and he's going to talk to us today about retaining top talent. This is something that Brad has years of experience with. So today we're going to dive deep into the topic of recruitment and retention in 2020. Let's get started. Hi, Brad. Welcome to the Doc Lounge podcast. We're excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me. So, Brad, before we get in the topic of retention, let's talk about recruitment. We're in 2020. There's a lot of talk about a physician shortage. When you approach recruitment, what is your method? What's your ideology? How do you go about it? So, in my opinion, there's not a shortage. They just don't work for me. They work for that company, that company, that company. All I got to do is go talk to them, tell them they need to come work for us. Um, and some people, they don't know that they want to leave their job. They, they, get in that, uh, they get on the hamster wheel like I was at Lowe's. You need that kick. Um, as far as provider recruitment for me, um, you, know, you, you have three types of providers, right? You have those that are, are in school and graduating soon. Uh, so they need a job. So with us as a federally qualified health center, uh, under the National Health Service Corps, we can offer loan repayment. So provider, nurse practitioner, physician assistant or physician, family medicine, internal medicine, comes works here, two years, loans are forgiven, they're gone, whatever. That does create a backside problem with retention. Uh, the next type of, of provider are those that have already completed their two years or and or paid off their student loans. So that's not a factor for them. They're looking for the quality of life because as a provider, you're going to get the paid the same amount of money wherever you work. Mm-hmm. You know, bigger city might get more. Yes. Um, but if you're working in rural health, everywhere you go, rural health, if it's here in Lapine or Talkeetna, Alaska, or Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, you're going to get paid just about the same amount. Um, and, and, and this is my, my, my thought that I came across when I was a military recruiter. So there's four branches. Everybody gets paid the same amount. It's the lifestyle, quality of life, and your personality that is a best fit. How does it fit you? So when I'm recruiting for a provider, um, I, I, I play the long game. Um, and so it's a, it's a cultivation. Um, I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. The, the ter- third type of provider are the sunset providers. Kids are grown. They're retiring. They're looking for the, the, the white picket fence, plant the, the flag. They're done for the career. They're just, they're looking to wrap up, maybe not even working full-time. They're wanting to work part-time, something like that. Still a very valuable commodity to have at your health center. They have the knowledge. They have the experience. And they don't take a lot of your payroll. 
they're looking to not work full time. Yeah. So they can mentor and train new providers. So it's the lifestyle. You're not selling the job. They know what the job is. Everybody knows what the job is. Like I said, when I was in the military, everybody knows they're joining the military. Kind of what job they want to do. So everybody knows what they're going to do. It's a matter of where do you want to be? What kind of culture? And we have 75 employees here. We're not big, but we're not small. Um, there's some, you know, FQHCs where there's maybe three, four providers. Uh, we have 12. There's some that have 128 providers. Bigger companies, you get lost in the wash, the mix and everything like that. So you sell the culture, the size, and the location. It's, it's, it's looking for those, those applicants or those providers that, what is unique to them? So what I do is I social media surf, I pay attention, I look around, uh, college visits, job fairs, um, kind of look around to see who's doing what. You know, if I see a provider on LinkedIn's, for example, that, you know, they, their focus is on family medicine and everything. And I notice that they talk a little bit about outdoor stuff. Maybe I'll surf their Facebook. Like, oh, okay. They like camping and fishing and kayaking and hiking. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I always keep an ad open, whether we're hiring or not, I keep an ad open. Um, because when you hire a provider, it's a six month process at times. So while I'm overstaffed now and I'm not hiring anytime soon, that doesn't mean by next summer I'm not hiring. So mm -hmm. that resident in the, their last year, um, that sunsetter that's getting ready to drop their pack and, and, and put it in for, the, for their career, hey, let's talk over the next couple months and let's see what we can come around with because the current work cycle in the U S is about 2.4 years. People change jobs uh, for providers that are not on a student loan repayment. It's still about that much, if not three years. So there's still this need to cultivate, talk, build a pipeline. Mm -hmm. And a lot of a lot of my peers, a lot of people I've talked to in provider recruitment, um, I don't know if this is good, bad, or indifferent, but this is how I see it. So Brad, when you're marketing to these physicians, set the stage for me. Are you because Lapine is in a beautiful community, so are you relying a lot on the community to sell the practice, or are you relying a lot on the culture? Is it fifty fifty? What's your method? Um, so remember, I started off in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Oh, so there you go. Come to San Diego, right? Yeah. It's sunny San Diego where the sun shines year-round. It never drops below 50 degrees. It only rains 12 days out of the year. Um, but that's not for everybody. Mm -mm. And yes, it, I do rely on both. The culture and the location is not a 50-50. It depends on the person. You know, if if I come across somebody like Blake, who's got the the mountain man beard and and the rugged look to him, he's not wanting to work in Seattle, Portland, L.A., or San Diego. I can I can read that off the persona. 
Mm-hmm. It's a matter of asking those questions and listening. So what you're saying is you don't like to cast a large net. You like to target and get really granular in your marketing. Yeah. I, I'm looking for the people that, one, they would truly enjoy and appreciate this area and take advantage of it. Because if they don't, you know, um, interviewed somebody once that came from Florida and nothing about outdoors and any conversation, but they yeah. wanted to come here. No, you don't. You want two years and, and you're gone. Um, and I, I, hey, I use those here and there. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Um, I will take anybody I can if they're wanting to be here. Mm-hmm. Once I understand their lifestyle, it's about the culture. Because, you know, they, they have to fit. They have to blend in with every provider I have, have here and my mm-hmm. management and my MAs, if I have, I bring in a provider that doesn't get along with my medical assistants, I have a toxic work environment. I, I've just trashed half my workforce. Yeah. So they have to be able to blend in. And I, I do, I spend a lot of time talking to people. You know, as I said, I'm long-winded and you can probably tell by now. <laughs> and so I make myself available. Here's my cell phone number, call me. You know, if I'm at a conference in Vegas, walking down the strip, talking to somebody on the phone, hey, let me answer answer your questions. Let me talk to you. You you mentioned earlier that you get on uh, social media and you kind of look into social media, find out about the candidate, what type of lifestyle they live. I mean, you know, I have had not a ton of conversations back and forth, even ourselves, uh, but you, we say so much about ourselves without even knowing it through pictures exactly. and, and videos and comments and things like, you know, I, I would not love San Diego. I would much <laughs> prefer a place like Lapine. And, and you know that just from the, the image of me that you see and and how I carry myself so being able to prepare yourself up front and and being ready for that candidate and and focusing in on those candidates that fit more is is such a a wonderful idea I love that using social media summer is so great using social media for Pacific companies even when we're advertising our jobs so it's so great I I'm curious we've talked a lot about your your methods and and the focus on finding that right candidate and and trying to recruit them now how do you transition that I know that everybody's dream in recruitment is to find that candidate who's going to come in young and wants to move to your community and be a part of the family and stay forever and retire and and cradle the grave as you said you know what i mean and and have that love for the community how do you then turn the recruited candidate into a family member of the community that just lives and breathes lapine or lives and breathes where you're at and and has no desire to ever leave so retention that transition um so there's a movie Glengarry Glen Ross. I think it's a fantastic recruitment video. Always be closing. So recruitment never stops. Recruitment and retention are the same thing. You're always recruiting. So the transition is how do I treat my providers? How do I treat my staff, my management team, everybody that works here? Well, I'm a HR department of one. So me all by my onesies, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm it. Well, if a provider is working and they're expected to see 22 to 24 patients a day on a 10 hour shift, four days a week, they're busy. Mm -hmm. they, they don't have time for anything else. They certainly don't have time to track down why they're, why our benefits company is saying they owe X amount of dollars. They certainly don't have time to track down and, and figure out how to do the National Health Service Corps loan repayment application. You know, passwords, how this works, how that works, you know, renewing their, their license, everything like that. So I take it on. So I, I really love that. The idea of if, if you want them to be a part of the family, treat them like family. You're not just there recruiting them in and then signing in your ticket like you're done. You did the recruitment. It continues forever being a part of their life, understanding who they are and, and, and being there for them like you would a sister or a daughter or something like that. Just making sure you're there to help in their, in their time of need and, and giving them that fill of love and, and family. I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, and knowing your employees, right? Just because they work here doesn't mean they're going to stay here. Because there's always a recruiter. And if I'm not recruiting them, somebody else is. So if I see somebody's down, like, hey, you want to come back to the office? We can talk. You know, what's going on with you? you get to know everybody and you know after a couple of weeks of working there you start to learn their personalities their ins and out you know who drinks coffee so hey you got time let's go get a cup of coffee real quick what's what's going on or let's let's grab a cup of tea or whatever Let, let's see what's going on or when they're extremely happy like whoa <laughs> what's in, what's going on what do i need to be a part of yeah. you know um uh I, I make connections throughout the community with the school district, um, real estate agents. You know, if I, one of my employees is wanting to buy a house, I'm like, okay, well, hey, here's a couple real estate agents. You know, this one knows about military VA programs. This one knows about um, uh, public health provider programs, you know, things that can help them out. So in my time that, you know, I don't have anything directly going on. I'm looking up, you know, what's important, what can help out, what, what I can do for everybody. And like you said, Blake, it's, it's a matter of treating them like family. Yeah, and it sounds like you're saying the common denominator for retention is treating your employees like they are family. So we're almost out of time, but Brad, I have one more question for you. For any hospitals, health systems listening that want to revamp their company culture, to help hiring and help retention, what would you say to them? When you do it, believe in it. People do a lot of talking. Uh, right now it's about diversity, inclusivity, and equity, right? But everybody talks about it. Actually doing it takes a lot of work and it takes some pain. Changing culture, you, you, you're not gonna change people's personalities. That's been ingrained since you were five years old and, and it's who you are developing through your life. But to change your culture, you have to commit to it. And it has to be from the top down and from the bottom up. Whatever you, the CEO, the president, the chairman, whatever they're talking about, somebody has to get that entry level employee that just started last week to 
to buy into it, to understand it, and to want it, to start talking from the bottom up. That 18, 19 year old employee is gonna have more influence than your CEO. So you have to take both bookends and have everybody believe in it. If you don't, it's gonna fall apart in the middle. And so changing the culture, it can be painful. And it might require getting rid of some employees and maybe some long tenured employees or employees that you believe to be your, your, your highest performers. You know, um, I uh, listened to Gary Vaynerchuk once on a podcast who uh, owns a marketing firm on the East coast, you know, get rid of that highest performer if they're killing the culture, you know, you'll make up for it on the back end in the long run. You don't want that one person dragging down the culture. So it's just believing in it and getting buy-in from both ends of the spectrum and coming together in the middle. Yeah. Great advice, Brad. Thank you so much for spending the time with us today and uh, sharing your knowledge with us. We really appreciate it. It was a pleasure to meet you and get to know you better. Yeah. Good to meet you too. We'll have a great rest of your day and enjoy beautiful Oregon. You too. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you to all our listeners. If you'd like to be notified when new episodes air, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And a big thank you to Pacific Companies. Without you guys, this podcast could not be possible. If you would like to be a guest, go to www.pacificcompanies.com. Thank you.